Mark 1, verse 30. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. I'll I'll go 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went to James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. So he went up to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Simple story, and amen, we're done, right? No, I want to break this down for you. Every Christmas I go home, and, well, sometimes I go home. I go to my home where my parents live. Of course, they live in a place that's not my home now. My home is here in Indianapolis, but I go to my parents, and I walk in the door. I smell Chex Mix. Anybody like Chex Mix? Not the stuff you get in the bag from a grocery store, but the real stuff that you get in a bag from the grocery store, and then you cook yourself. Mixing all the ingredients together, and it smells the house with a wonderful smell, wonderful aroma, and also the smell of cinnamon rolls. I love cinnamon rolls at my mom's house. And then after, the, for, after a few days, we typically go to my wife's parents' house. Brianna's parents live in Ann Arbor, or Saline, Michigan, near Ann Arbor. And that house smells like chocolate chip cookies and fresh-baked muffins and rolls. And I'm just a blessed man because I get to go and eat all these wonderful things. Um, and it's not my dad or my father-in-law who cook these, but it's my mom and my mother-in-law. They are wonderful servants of their kids and wonderful servants of the Lord, and I'm thankful for both of them. And from my experience, it is women who serve best. Not that men are bad servants, but women are wonderful servants of the Lord and servants of people, and we can learn a lot from the women in our lives. Amen? Men? And I can't imagine walking into either of these homes that I love so much and not being welcomed with a hug and the opportunity to eat something really good and rest. And Peter and his brother Andrew and their friends, James and John, came to Peter's home. And instead of being welcomed with food to eat and a place to rest and chocolate chip cookies and Chex Mix and cinnamon rolls, They entered the house with no food prepared and there was nothing ready for them. And this was not because that she was not willing to get up and have things ready, but rather it was because she was unable. And those of you who love to open up your home to family and friends and serve them food, if you were not able to do so, it would break your heart as well. Her illness had kept her down and she was impaired. She did not have the strength to serve. And verse 30 says that they told Jesus about her. And so Jesus came and he helped her. He took her by the hand and lifted her up. Now with this illness, was it something that just came upon her or something that would pass quickly? Or was this fever hanging around for a long time. We know it wasn't COVID-19. But this was so severe that possibly it could turn into something fatal. We don't know all these. But we do know she was not well enough to do what she would normally do. So she needed healing. And she needed her strength to be renewed. And I'm wondering if there's anybody listening in today or, or here today who needs a touch from Jesus and their strength renewed. Who better to have come into your house than Jesus? And sadly, who knows what it's like to live in a house where Jesus is not? 
Have you ever been there? Who knows what it's like to have a heart where Jesus has not yet taken residence? Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Which means, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone's opened the door, I'll come in and we'll have lunch. And who serves the lunch? It's you. You're the one who serves lunch to Jesus. And Jesus is also the one who comes and serves you and renews your strength. So Jesus came into Peter's household, his family's house. He was going to eat with them. But there was nothing ready for Jesus because Peter's mother-in-law needed healing. So off the street came the one by whom all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, as Colossians says. And into the room where she lay sick walked the one in whom all things hold together. And standing beside her bed was God himself in the fullness of man. And he reached out his hand, lifted her out of bed, and she was delivered from her sickness. She was completely well. And she began to serve. The simple truth is this. Delivered people serve. Who here has been delivered? Who here loves to serve the Lord? And the reason why you serve is because Christ has set you free. Serving Jesus is what happens when we are delivered from a sinful life. Amen? And those whose strength is renewed don't just sit there, but they get up and serve the Lord. We've all been sick. We've all been tired, broken, sinful, messed up. You know, that's the testimony of everybody. I've been there. But our testimony doesn't stop there. Our testimony goes on and says, but Jesus then came into my house and he picked me up. He made me well. He reached out his nail-pierced hands and he offered me life. Now, who's tired of the pandemic? Is anybody worn out from being in your house a lot? I've had more down moments in the past year than any other year of my life. I'm typically a happy-go-lucky person, and this year has been uh, a difficult year. And, but I don't stay in the gloomy places. I've just been there. And I imagine many of you, if not all of you, have felt like you've lost some strength over the past year. And the question is, how does God deliver us from this? The easy answer would be, well, he would just take care of this virus. He can just heal people. He can just make everything right. Uh, once, everyone gets enough vac- once everyone gets vaccinated, then we won't have to deal with this anymore. Well, maybe. I hope so. How does God renew us in the midst of a pandemic? I want to draw our attention to Isaiah 40. Do you not know? Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God? The creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary in his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Aren't you glad that God never tires? He never gets angry. 
in the sense that he's so depressed that he just lashes out at people? Aren't you glad that God is never worn out? He never loses his strength. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Another translation is, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So the key is, verse 31, those whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who wait for the Lord, those who trust in the Lord, renew their strength. This also reminds me of Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the hills, and where does my help come from? Let's say this together. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now, if you're lifting your eyes up to the hills, where are you? You're in the valley. My name is Van Valen. It's Dutch for from the valley. Or you could say it's Dutch for from the ditch. You live in the valley, live in the ditch, in the low places in life. And if you just focus on the low places, all you're going to see is low places. But we are called out by God who is above us, who lifts us out, who gives us help. And so we lift our eyes up from the ditch and we see the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He comes to help us. Also in the valley... Remember Psalm 23? You know this? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So we look here in the valley, we look up and we see the Lord who is our help, our salvation. But also in the valley, we see that God who's our help is also God who is with us. Jesus Christ. God with us, Emmanuel, the good shepherd who comforts us. And God, the Father, sends the Son to be with us, and Jesus sends the Holy Spirit in our, to live in our hearts, to comfort us, to lead us. God is there. There's hope for things to come. There's hope even in the midst of sorrow right now. God is with us. so dry, I'm going to get my papers apart. And as your pastor, I encourage you to daily wait for the Lord. Daily trust in the Lord. Daily set your hope upon the Lord by looking up, by lifting your eyes, knowing that your help comes from the Lord, and also by looking beside you, the Lord who walks with you. Waiting on the Lord is to have faith that he's with you now and he's also coming soon. You've heard about the kingdom of heaven, this kingdom that is already here, yet not yet here entirely. We live like that today. God's kingdom come, yes, now, but we know God's kingdom will eventually come completely where where every tear will be wiped away and there will be no more death. So we know what it's like to live in the already and not yet this kingdom of God tension. So we wait on the Lord, we trust in him today, knowing that he will provide for us 
and we will join him and be victorious with him in the end. A good example is the widow at Zarephath in 1 Kings chapter 17. There was no rain in the region for three and a half years. In the midst of that drought and famine, God sent Elijah to this specific woman and her son. She was gathering sticks to make fire and then use up the last bit of flour and the last bit of oil that she had to make a little cake of bread for her and her son to eat so that they could have one more taste of good bread and then die. Such a hopeless situation. Their strength was being sucked out of them. They needed renewal. And so along comes this man, Elijah, the prophet of the Lord. And he asked her, would you take me in? And would you use your last bit of flour and your last bit of oil and make me some bread first? Give it to me first and then you and your son eat. That sounds pretty selfish, doesn't it? What man does that? I told you women were better at serving than men. And so she trusted the word of the Lord from the prophet. She went home and made this little cake of bread and she gave it to him and she and her son son had some. And just as he had promised, the next day there was enough flour, enough oil, and the next day there was still enough flour, enough oil for every single day until the famine ended. But even in the midst of that, her son got sick and she got angry with Elijah. She said to him, did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? And so he took the young boy in his hands and he took him upstairs and he laid across the boy as if his life on the boy's life. And the Lord heard Elijah's cry, which he said, Oh Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. And at that moment, the boy's life returned and he lived. Trust in the Lord today. Trust in him for what's to come. And when Jesus talks about this story in Luke chapter 4, he references it and he reminds the Jewish people that God sent Elijah to this widow in Zarephath, which is in the region of Sidon, not Jerusalem. Jerusalem is all the way down here. Where's Jerusalem? There it is. Zarephath's all the way up here. I feel like a, what do you call those? The weather, weatherman, weather woman? We're going to have a cold front coming in this way. <laughs> but someday a warm front's going to come through. Don't worry. This woman was from the region up north, the region that's not where the Jews are. It's where the Gentiles are. And then coupling it with that story, he references the story about Elisha who cleansed Naaman, the Syrian, of his leprosy, not the other lepers in Israel. Which reminds us this Epiphany Sunday, sorry, the fifth Sunday of Epiphany, it reminds us that God renews the strength, not just of the Jews, his own people, but God renews the strength of the Gentiles. Those who trust in him. He has compassion on those who belong to other tribes and nations outside of Israel. He renews the strength of all who wait on him. All whose hope is in him. 
He walks in the valley of the shadow of death with the Gentiles. And he is the final help in the last day for the Gentiles. Praise be to God. Where would we be if it were not for the Lord? God renews our strength so that we can serve. He renews our strength, one, so that we can serve him like Peter's mother-in-law. But God renews our strength, too. He renews our strength while we are serving him. The widow at Zarephath. So how can we be renewed? How can we be restored? How can we be made alive? Do you not know? Have you not heard? That our God is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He's the one who doesn't tire, who doesn't weary. If, you, if you're like me and you can remember your younger days, you could run all day long and not be tired. I remember playing in my church when I was a kid and an older person in the church who wasn't even that old said, I, like, I can't play like you guys. I can't do what you do. I remember when I was your age, I could run circles around everyone. But now here I am, I would be so tired if I were doing what you're doing. And I remember listening to that and thinking, what is he talking about? I have no clue what that's like. I remember being able to go and go and go and go. Of course, every parent knows that kids even grow tired and weary. And then they scream until they go to bed. Even youth grow tired and weary. But those who hope in the Lord renew their strength. Where is Jesus when, Peter, when Peter's mother-in-law needs him? He comes and takes her by the hand and lifts her up from her sickness. So I encourage you today, call upon Jesus and let him touch you. Where's Jesus in Zarephath? This one's a little harder. Elijah represents Christ. He speaks the word of God to her. He says, serve me and I will make sure you have enough. Can you not hear the voice of Jesus? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, all you who are about to die, all of you who are hopeless, and I will give you what? Rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come follow me and I will bless you with strength. Come serve me and I will provide enough strength for you. Put your energy, even if it's your last, in serving the Lord. Okay, that makes sense, J.D., but how can my strength be renewed? Your strength can be renewed by this. Give Jesus all your strength. You know the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Give Jesus all your strength as an offering. Lord, I don't have much strength, but the strength I do have, it's yours. Wait on him. Trust him. Hope in him. Let your physical strength belong to him. Your emotional strength, mental, social, spiritual, financial strength. And let all your weaknesses belong to him too. Give it to him as an offering now. 
and also give it to him with the hope of what's to come. John Wesley asked Peter Bowler. John Wesley is the founder of Methodism. Peter Bowler was a Moravian uh, missionary and bishop. And John Wesley had a crisis in life. He noticed that he did not truly trust the Lord. He did, he's like, I don't think I have faith. How can I preach faith? Peter Bowler said to him, preach faith until you have it. And once you have it, continue preaching faith. It's a similar lesson for us today. Serve the Lord until he gives you strength. And once he gives you strength, continue serving the Lord. Well, how do I serve the Lord? Ask him. Lord, what do you want me to do? Serving the Lord has to come out of being in relationship with him. There is grace in abiding in Christ. You remember John 15. Abide in me and I will abide in you and you will bear much fruit. Fruit that will last. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you have no strength. But in me, you will find strength. I'm paraphrasing. There's grace in abiding in Christ because he produces fruit in us and through us. So that's the first way you serve the Lord. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Be in relationship with him. And then you serve by going to your friends, family, and neighbors. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Go to your friends, family, and neighbors. And then talk with them about what Jesus is doing in your life. Share with them how Jesus is giving you strength in the midst of sorrow and pain and suffering and the pandemic. Yeah, we could pout and complain all we want, but I'd rather spend time giving testimony how God is good in the midst of this difficult time. And here's the mature response to the gospel. Jesus has died. He's risen. He's poured out his spirit. He's coming again. We believe all that. And yes, the good news is, because of Christ, I'm going to live with him forever in heaven. But the mature response is, the gospel is not just for me, it's for the world. It doesn't just affect me, but affects the world around me and affects the world through me. And when you believe the good news and follow Jesus, that's good news for your neighbor as well. Even if they don't believe, it's good news for them that you are the one who loves the Lord your God and loves your neighbor as you love yourself. That's good news. It means they're going to have a neighbor who's kind and loving and self-giving and, and generous and shows hospitality and grace. Are you that way with your friends and family and neighbors and acquaintances? Are you that way with people that you meet in restaurants? Are you with that, that way with people that you meet uh, in the grocery store? The people who are serving you and who may not be doing a good job at it? Are you gracious toward them? Good news is not just a message. It is. But it's more than that. It becomes the reality by which we live our lives. God is renewing us day by day. Let's pray together. Jesus, 
We thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your grace. Lord, I confess I don't have the strength. I need your strength, God. I need the life that you give. Come touch me. Lord, help me to trust you. Help me to serve you in the midst of of this time. Lord, give me strength as I serve you. Provide for me, Jesus. I thank you, God, that you are the God who is on the mountaintop, giving us hope, and that you're the God who's in the valley alongside us, walking with us. Lord, lead us. Help us to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen.